it's not like we put them on the mantle in the living room. No. <laughs> and when people come over, we start doing like the old grandpa thing. And remember back in 2015, we ran that trail race. Yeah, we don't we don't do that. Now, Stephen, I probably will do something like that for my belt buckle if I get one. Oh yeah. That's I feel true. like that's got to go by the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to wear that around. Like that, I'll, I'll wear that to brunch. G'day, this is Darren from Western Australia, a state so big it's four times bigger than Texas. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner podcast, where our hosts and guests entertain us with stories from the trail, training and life. Here are the hosts, the ever-dependable Clydesdale Jeff Harrell and his trusty sidekick Stephen Pritt. Ha-ha, nailed it! Well, thank you, Darren. You did nail it. He crushed that, Steven. He did. I love that. Thank you so much, Darren. If you couldn't tell, he is from the Down Under. Down Under. Yes, right. So thank you, Darren. You know, it's really cool, Jeff, to see that we actually have literally listeners from all over the world. And who would have thought that we have people from Europe and the Middle East and we have Australia and he's on the West Side, which... Of course, a little humble brag to the vast part of Western Australia. But thank you so much, Darren, for doing that introduction. It's so awesome. And we love a good Australian accent. My favorite accent. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely my favorite. (laughs) Well, welcome to the Big S Runner. I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Prince. Stephen, this is episode. Can you believe this? First of all, I have to look in my notes. Make sure this is even correct. Episode 46. (laughs) That's crazy. I think we're coming up on a year in August. And if you would have told me that we would have 46 episodes, I would probably like, yeah, sure. Right. No worries. Like five minutes long. maybe. Right. Exactly. So we're really excited. Happy to do this podcast. And hopefully you guys are enjoying it as well. We're very excited about this episode, Stephen. Coming up on Sunday, this Sunday's Father's Day. And we have a couple of nods to Father's Day. You'll have to wait for that. All right. Really, really cool. We have a very special why I run. This one's going to blow you away. That's one of my favorite segments that we do, Stephen, is why I run. Yeah, we kind of stumbled upon this, but it's really something really cool. You know, these are listeners. These are people just like you and I, Jeff, just everyday runners out there that share a common bond. But when you get a little peek behind why people run and why we love the sport we do, it's pretty awesome. So I'm very excited about this one. Well, buckle in because this one's an awesome one. (laughs) Really, really good. And we also have in the second segment, we have another edition of news you can use. Yeah, these are very powerful news headlines that you guys may have missed, but you guys will really enjoy this one as well. This is going to be a fun one. But before we get to that, Stephen, Darren said something. He called you a sidekick. You're not a sidekick, by the way. I don't know. I mean, you're a co-host. Uh, well, you okay. run this place. Let's be honest. <laughs> but it got me thinking about sidekicks uh-huh. and what some of the most famous or our favorite even sidekicks are yeah maybe we could do something like <laughs> like a sidekick off or something like that to see which like a one. bracket yeah sidekick like, bracket a sidekick bracket right well what are your, some of your favorite sidekicks steven a couple ones that come to my mind would be forrest and jenny oh which one's the sidekick i think jenny is jenny yeah it's kind of like peas and carrots <laughs> I think he says that somewhere. Exactly. You know, there's the obvious ones like, you know, Robin to Batman. He's kind of a sidekick. I thought 
Jelly to peanut butter. Well, that's a good one. That's a good sidekick, I think. Yeah. I think a couple another ones, I would think, like coffee and donut. Oh, that's which one's, <laughs> which one's the sidekick there? I don't know. I think they're equal complementary of each other. I mean, I could always go for both. But I, I mean, if I had to choose, I'd say the donut complements the coffee. Yeah, probably so. Right. Probably so. A couple of my favorites from movies, Stephen. Do you remember my favorite movie actually is The Shawshank Redemption? Oh, yeah. Remember Red? Yeah. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. We actually had him on the show. Do you remember that? I do. He was very nice to come and do the Christmas edition, but he and Dufresne, right? What was Andy, it? Andy Dufresne Andy. was the main character, but Red, played by Morgan Freeman, was his sidekick. Such a great character. And by the way, go back to episode number 21 of The Big Ass Runner. You will hear Morgan Freeman... Give his rendition of the big ass runner twas the night before Christmas. It's amazing. Yeah, many of you guys don't know that he's an avid listener and trail runner. And yeah, he was. He, he was, sure is. He loves trail running. I mean, it's when he's not doing acting, he's he's out there on the trails. Another one of my favorite movies, Stephen, is Princess Bride. Remember Inigo Matoya? Yes, I do. My name is Inigo Matoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. He was a great sidekick. Yeah, that movie is an all time classic. We're probably dating ourselves, but uh, of course we are. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a good one. You know, one of my favorite movies is Back to the Future. And uh, that is one of my all-time favorite. In fact, it was just on the other night. My kids were like, Dad, Dad, Back to the Future's on. And so I usually like quote the heck out of it. So Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Doc Brown's a great sidekick. He's a very good one. There's a couple in Star Wars. I think Chewbacca is an amazing sidekick. He's always there for you, whatever you need. Yeah. Chewie is there. Chewie is there for Han, no matter what, even till the end. I think there's also R2-D2. R2-D2 and C-3PO. Well, yeah, but here's the question. So is R2 Luke's sidekick or C-3PO's? I think he's C-3PO's because they're always off together doing something. Those droids standing against. <laughs> they're getting in trouble. <laughs> oh, those guys are so silly, right? Are you a Harry Potter fan? I am not. I'm not either. But I, <laughs> but I hear... I hear him. I don't even know how to say your name. You, you Harry Potter fans, let us know. But I hear Hermione is a great sidekick <laughs> to Harry. Right? Okay, that's what I'm told. I don't know. What What do I know? What okay. could, could the data scientists to confirm that? They right? need to. They need to run some numbers on that one. A couple of TV shows. Did, uh-huh. did you want, watch The Walking Dead? I did not. No. There's a character named Daryl. Okay. Oh, he's such a great sidekick. Is he the guy with the baseball bat? So he's the guy. He had like more of a bow and arrow thing okay. that he would shoot at people. Right. Oh my goodness. Such a good sidekick. And of course, I'm a big music fan. Sonny. Sonny and Cher. Oh, yeah. That's right. And the captain. And Daniil. And Daniil. <laughs> That's Captain right. and Tennille. Right. That Stephen pronounces Daniil. Right. Any others, Stephen, that stand out? Uh, well, now that you're saying music, I'm going to try mine. Bono, who played for U2. Yeah, The Edge. Yeah, The Edge. Yeah. He's a good sidekick. Yeah, wasn't he like the electric guitar player? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other. I think that's about all I know musical. He's amazing. (laughs) Well, we'd love to hear from you. Who are your favorite sidekicks in music and life and movies and TV shows? Sport. Ooh, Ooh, what about Scotty Pippen? Yeah, Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. You know who I think the ultimate basketball sidekick is? Would be John Stockton. To Carl um, Malone, because he's always get, setting him up, giving him the pass. Right. Or maybe it's the short shorts. It could be that too. <laughs> That's the sidekick. Well, we'd love to hear who your favorite sidekicks are. So, Stephen, with that, let's get going on episode number 46 of The Big Ass Runner. Oh. 
Well, Stephen, as we mentioned in the open, the segment Why I Run, I think has become my favorite segment. And today we really have a special one. We're going to hear from Jeb Buffington. Jeb has been a listener really, I think, fairly recently. But his story that you're going to hear here in a second on why I run is is really special. And it's perfect because he talks a little bit about his father and Father's Day. And Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. So we thought it'd be perfect timing to share Jeb Buffington's why I run. So here is Jeb Buffington's why I run. I took up trail running 10 years ago. And it wasn't long until I unlocked the mental and emotional benefits of the long run. If I was feeling stressed or agitated... I knew if I went for a run, after a couple miles, it was like hitting a reset switch. Over time, I realized that if I rose early and got in that run before the day even started, I didn't need that reset run. I started the day right, and my stress levels would decline. When asked why I run, that's always my first answer, always. It's for the mental and emotional benefit. It makes me much more bearable to be around. But some things can't be outrun. Some things can't be reset. Some things just need to heal. So I want to share my story of healing about how I used running to completely reprocess trauma from 30 years ago when my father passed away. You see, my dad had a heart attack at 37 years old when I was just 13. That attack left him weak and struggling for days before ultimately passing away on Father's Day in 1990. That's right, Father's Day. What should be a fun day was forever ruined for me. My dad was healthy, a runner, a swimmer. He coached every sport I played. He was one of the fittest dads anyone knew, and we were very close. I worshiped my father, and I wanted to be just like him. So when he had a heart attack, the world stopped. For the next 27 years, Father's Day has sucked, a constant reminder of that loss. I had my first child in the year 2000, then three more to follow over the next eight years. Every one of those Father's Days should have been a celebration, and I did my best, but there was always a dark cloud over me. I couldn't enjoy the day, and I dread as it got closer. Until Father's Day of 2017. The day started as expected. I woke up sad, remembering what was lost. My amazing wife, Rebecca, suggested that I hit the trails and knock out a run. That would give me a fighting chance to enjoy some portion of the day with my kids. It was a great idea, so I went out the door. On that run, I was uniquely emotional, more than usual. To add to the moment, the song Saturday in the Park by Chicago started playing. It was one of my dad's favorite songs. He loved the band Chicago, and it's a big part of my childhood memories. Every car trip has Chicago music attached to it. And with the song, I started to cry. I'm expressive, but 100% not a crier. I'm six foot one. 215-pound Clydesdale. I had to look ridiculous running through those trees, not holding back the tears, allowing myself to just let it come out. That moment made me run faster. I was running full-on angry. Then I got sad again. I couldn't focus on anything other than the time lost, not just by me, 
But my, my kids, they would never get to meet their grandpa. I hyper-focused on what could have been if he was still around. But over time, the depressed thoughts turned around, and instead I started to remember the good, fun memories of ice cream and soccer on the weekends and going to Cedar Point. That time at Christmas when my dad split his pants showing off for some teenagers. It was a refreshing turn that made me feel better, and I got faster as I continued down the trail. Next came a flood of ideas about lessons I needed to pass on to my own children before it was too late. I wasn't questioning the job I'd done until then. I was just simply resolved that I'd move with intention and teach them everything I know. As I finished that five-mile loop, I landed back in the parking area. I was a completely different person. I couldn't believe how excited I was to get home and be a totally different person for Father's Day. I couldn't believe that I was sobbing loudly on the trail just an hour earlier. I took a moment to relive that run and all the different emotions that came pouring out of me. Then a light went off. I quite literally just went through the stages of grief in a flash, in a one-hour trail run. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. For 27 years, I've lived in the anger, bargaining, and depression stages, begging that somehow I could bring my dad back. I just couldn't move on. I've seen several therapists. I've tried to talk about my grief, but it never helped. I always thought they made it worse. I didn't like vocalizing the grief because it felt like it would take deeper roots every time I gave it a voice. But there on that trail, charging fast, crying, I slid into a deeply contemplative state. And for a moment, I had a setting where I could deconstruct that pain and reprocess the loss. It's been four years since that day, and I've never looked back. I've had four of the best Father's Days I could ever ask for. I've shared this story with only a few people over the years. It's deeply personal, and it's pretty vulnerable, and it's a lot to take. But if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And if you are in need of healing, the long run can deliver if you allow it. It can't be forced or planned. You just have to let it happen. Well, man, Stephen, that was incredible. Yeah, I'm sitting here just almost speechless to hear that. So first of all, Jeb, just thank you so much for sharing that. Like you said at the end there for just being vulnerable to share that. But I just know hearing that from you, it's out of a heart for other people that maybe have experienced that and to share, you know, what potentially the healing power of a long run can do, especially on the trail is so true. And I think we've all maybe experienced that in some way, but to allow yourself to go through all of those stages takes a lot of courage to do just in general. One thing that made me think, and this is early in his story, Stephen, you know, his dad was healthy. He said he was an active dad. Everyone looked at his dad and thought, you know, he's, that's the healthy dad. Mm -hmm. And he lost him. And that was unexpected. And I think it makes me think too, I mean, I haven't shared this on the podcast before, but my mom is suffering from severe dementia right now. She's in a memory care facility. You just don't know when you're going to lose a parent and to really cherish that time. And I think what we heard from Jeb in that story is he was able to reflect on that time he did have 
those cherished moments. I think you talked about ice cream and the band Chicago, which by the way, I love that band too. Right. You know, I think just cherishing the time that you do have, cause you just don't know how much time you have. Right. Yeah. And I, I love the redemptive nature. It sounds like how it just kind of fell back into that, that he can then since then have four really good father's day. And, and I love that thing he said about, he wasn't lamenting things he shouldn't have done to be a better father. It's just things that he wanted to pass on to his kids. I mean, having that resolve. And I think a lot of times I'm on the trail, I think about things like, oh, I need to go say I'm sorry, you know, for something I said, or I need to remember this to say to, you know, my daughter or something like that. So I think allowing that time and to using that time is pretty powerful. So I love the fact that he was honest to say that, but also to move forward with his family and stuff. It's really, really, really cool to hear. Yeah, that struck me too, Stephen. He said just being intentional. I think in life, being intentional is so important because you can often let things like this sidetrack you and you hit, like he said, he was stuck in those first couple of stages of grief. He was never able to kind of get through those first two into those third, fourth, and fifth ones that got into the place where he was able to then be intentional and resolve to share the lessons learned he'd learned from his dad to his kids. What an amazing journey he went through on that trail. Yeah. It's so true, Jeff. You and I both say this is one of our favorite segments because I think everybody who's a trail runner, everybody who's run any amount of distance, there's this thing that happens, especially I think when you're outside again, where, you know, whether you listen to music or not, but when you're doing a hard thing and you're, I think your mind relaxes it does allow you to process and it does allow you to think on things. And and there is this healing quality to that. And obviously there's other parts and things you can do, but I think it's why we love this segment so much is because people are sharing different ways, good stories and bad stories about how that process has really helped them. And that's why we love this community and really appreciate people, you know, sharing that. So Jeb, thank you again. We hold this very sacred and very honored that you would, you know, you said before that you only shared it with a few people that you're now sharing it with thousands, thousands of people, thousands of people, but we just want to say thank you. We don't take that lightly and we hope that that does some good for some people. Yeah. Jeb buddy. Thanks so much. Fellow Clydesdale, fellow lover of Chicago music. Uh, really appreciate your transparency, your authenticity. Again, Steve, we say over and over, that's what we love about trail running and the people that listen to this show for whatever reason, they just have those qualities. And I just really appreciate that. So Jeb, thanks so much for sharing. And we usually do Stephen these in two part series. We actually have one next week from Sheila. One of her, we love Sheila so she much. Awesome. And it is an amazing one as well. So you're going to love it. You're absolutely going to love it. So we're excited to have Sheila's why I run next week. So again, Jeb, thanks so much. That is why I run. Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. Who do we have this week? Jeff, this week we have Matt Eby and he is found on Instagram at EBEBY underscore Matt. And he's just a great guy. He interacts a lot with us on social media. He's a trail runner out there in Oregon. And just an all-around great guy. He's got a really running community out there. Father, you know, and really appreciate him. 
He even sent us a funny thing where there was um, recently something we were talking about the data scientist and he DM'd us and said that there actually is a career of how to become a data scientist. Heck yeah, there is. There's a line. Right. So our data scientist got nervous about that. We said, don't worry, you know, unless you screw up again, we're not going to replace you. But we really appreciate Matt. And I know a couple on this trail run, he's taking pictures of donkeys and things out there. So Matt, we really appreciate you. And thanks for being a listener. And congratulations on all the runs and things that you're doing out there in Oregon. Steven, we got to get out to Oregon and run. That's just a beautiful, you know, you, I think you've done a little bit of that mm-hmm. in Oregon. It's just it, a beautiful area. Yeah, Mount Hood and all that area out there. I mean, I could easily live out there. The trail running community and places to run are amazing. Well, way to go, Matt. Steven, now we're doing an episode. We've done this before. You know, sometimes there's news stories out there. Sometimes there's things that we come across that we feel like we should share because we love the big ass runners out there to go, hey, would I do that? What do I think about that? Those kinds of things. And I came across one, actually Runner's World came out with this and it was a list, Steven. (laughs) Oh, I like lists. You like lists? Yes. Well, this was a list of 30 weird things runners do. What? I don't think runners really do anything weird. I, no. I can't imagine there was even 30 of them. That's, How could you come up with 30? That's, this is like fake news. I think we need to do some fact checking on this one. There's, we need the data scientists to confirm. There are so many untrustworthy news sources out there in today's modern media, Jeff. I can't believe there's 30 of them. <laughs> You're getting fired up over there. <laughs> well, what I thought we could do is go through the 30 okay. and see, first of all, if we do these things... Oh, we have to confess? And maybe confess up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> and as you know, if you're out there running right now, listening to us, by the way, thanks for taking us on your run. Yeah, we your appreciate pace it. pace is fantastic. Yeah, you're doing a great job. And if you're not going to eat all those Oreos, I will definitely take one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so as you're listening, just think, do I do these things or these things that would apply to me? Okay. You ready, Stephen? Ready to go. Number one, tape their nipples. That is weird because generally you don't talk about taping body parts. At least I don't think people do. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on everything, but... I, you know, taping a part of your anatomy is, is uh, it, it, that's a little weird. But do you do that? I have never done that. Really? Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never had that issue before. I have. I tape up, I tape up mainly if it's a longer run, if it's a shorter, shorter than 10 miles, I probably don't. I've never had that issue, but maybe, maybe I might sometime. But yeah, I have to say that is something weird that runners do. Well, I was scared into it because Stephen, back in 2001, <laughs> When I ran my first marathon, that's where the Clydesdale was born. The big S runner was born back in 2001 at the, what was at the time, the White Rock Marathon at the midway point. So at the half marathon, there was a guy wearing uh-huh. a white shirt. Oh no. Looked like he got shot in the chest twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, man, I'm glad I take my nipples. Uh, right. That it was would be terrible. The only, uh, uh, I think if that happened to me, I'd probably just want to quit. It scarred me. <laughs> It scarred me. But not figuratively. Not, well, it not scarred him. Right, scarred him. It scarred me too. Right. Okay, number two, you know where all the local bathrooms are. I don't do that because a lot of times when we're running, we're running on trails and there usually is a porta potty or a beacon of light there. 
But what I have been known to do is like, if I'm, you know, running late, which I never do, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, either I can go on the trail or I can go on the porta potty. So I guess not caring about if there's a restroom around is probably part of something that I don't really think about. I think this pertains more to road runners. Yeah. Because if you're out in road running, you're usually out in the open public. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm thinking, well, the local bathroom's a trail. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I know where all those are. It's that nice maple over there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think that does not apply to trail runners. Right. Number three, this one maybe hits a little close to home. Plan vacations around races. Yeah. So, okay. I have a question on this one. So, I mean, when we go out on a trail run, are they really vacations? Because we definitely plan out of town trips to go trail run, but... I, I mean, I think they're vacations. I mean, I definitely enjoy them. I mean, how would you classify that? I would say races are vacations. It's true. I put them all together. But I also think, hey, let's go to Crested Butte. And is there a race going on at that time? Oh, let's go during that time so we can run that race. Right. I definitely do that. Yeah. I don't know that I've... Here's the funny thing is usually when I'm on vacation, I don't run. Oh, you take a break. I do. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, now every once in a while, if I go someplace like Colorado, you know, or New Mexico, I have run during vacation, but I usually only do that just because I'm like, it's so gorgeous. And I, you know, don't get to see some of those things, but I don't usually continue my training plan on vacation. Got it. Yeah. So it may not apply to you. Yeah. All right. Number four, block off weekend mornings for running. Done all the 100%. time. 100%. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I think every runner does that. But that's not weird. It's not weird at all. No, not at all. I mean, that's perfect. I mean, people block out to go to CrossFit. Exactly. Yeah. That, they block sp- it off to go get a Starbucks coffee. Yeah, exactly. Donuts, whatever. Come yeah, on. That's not weird. Yep. Number five, own way too many shoes. This isn't even possible. I mean, how can you? You can't have too many. How can you? I mean, today I got an email from Ultra and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen those before. And I was like, maybe I need those. So I don't think that's possible, nor is that weird. I mean, it's not weird. People collect a whole bunch of stuff. Why why not shoes? Shoes are practical. That's right. You can wear a different one every day of the week. I mean, maybe. Yeah. That's no. That's not weird at all. No. We do do that, though. Right. Okay. Number six, eat too many carbs. Again, I don't know if this is a trail running thing. I mean, the answer is yes. <laughs> like, why not? Yeah, I got to think about that one because I, I don't, I try not to actually eat too many carbs. Right. So are they saying that you purposely eat too many carbs and that's weird? I mean, maybe if you're carbon up for a race. Yeah. But I don't feel like I eat a lot of carbs otherwise. Yeah, I'm with you. In all honesty, I probably don't. I eat a ton, but maybe what they're talking about is after a race. You know, it's like when you're... Well, that I do. Right, yeah. So we usually, like, especially when we do our road trips, when we go, we typically like to do breakfast foods if things are still open. And sometimes those races are are starting pretty early. So we try to get the early heats and go out to breakfast. I always, like, I'm getting hash browns. I'm getting the waffles and the pancakes. Pancakes are amazing. The bacon, right. So... Normally, would I sit down and eat that large of a breakfast? No, but I feel like I've earned that right. And so, in that case, heck yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess if they put it through that lens. Right. Number seven, <laughs> carry around toilet paper. No. Only during a race, right? Really? I've never done that. You don't take toilet paper during during like a 50K? Uh-uh. Oh, I do. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've, I've actually... I've never done actually. That. I've, I've I've upgraded to wet wipes. <laughs> oh, good call. A little yeah. little moisty wipes. Yeah, that, that kind of cleans the area a little better. No, you know, don't want to get too gross. But yes, 
It uh, helps. It helps you. TMI. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we are trail runners. That's and, true. Yeah. We're all. We're all good. Yeah. All right. Well, the area needs to be clean. So that's true. <laughs> so true. Number eight. Right. Wear a finisher medal to brunch. Are they serious? They're serious. Come on. I have done that once. Well, we did it one time. Remember when we were. <laughs> We were joking and we walked into a restaurant and Timmy time I went, I went in before you and go, Hey, there's this guy who's coming in. He's really tall. Looks like a Clydesdale. He's wearing a finish. He just finished this really amazing race. Can we get a better table? And she was like, Oh really? I'm like, yeah, he's, he's really famous. <laughs> so we were trying to convince the hostess that, that Jeff was this famous elite runner and you came in wearing your finisher's medal. I, I, yeah, I did. I think we got a really good table too. Actually. We got a great table. Right. That is the only time I've worn it. <laughs> I, I was yes. wondering if that was the case. That right? was the time. Yeah. That was, you know, if it could, if it benefits you, but now you don't wear it around. Yeah. Come on. This is like not Mr. T. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Number nine, you budget for a race expo. I think this is more of a road running thing. I mean, this guy is, you know, I don't know. Nothing against our road runner friends, but I don't really go to expos. I don't think. We went to the one, I think when we did the Dallas half marathon, there was an expo. We went to it. It was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, to walk around and see the new garments and see the shoes and stuff, but don't budget for it. I just spend anyway. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's just an excuse to buy more shoes. Exactly. Number 10, display bibs and medals. Do you display your bibs or medals, Stephen? I don't display my bibs, but I will tell you this weekend I went out and I saw something on Instagram about a way to display medals. So I went out and bought the wood for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. You're going to build your own? I'm going to build my own. Oh, wow. Yeah, but normally I just put them in a pile and they're in my closet up on a shelf someplace. Yeah, I don't display bibs. Those go in the trash but i do display my medals if we're in here in the podcasting room i've got my medals in these little four by four frames They're, it's really cool i like how it's, you've done this it's more like a decoration than it is hey look at my medals it just it just makes a cool looking wall right and then josiah made us a big ass runner metal holder that i have on the other wall that's true and I've got some of my newer medals over there. Yeah, it's not like we put them on the mantle in the living room. No. <laughs> and when people come over, we start doing like the old grandpa thing. And remember back in 2015, we ran that trail race. And yeah, we don't we don't do that. Now, Stephen, I probably will do something like that for my belt buckle if I get one. Oh yeah, that's I feel true. like that's got to go by the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to wear that around. Like that, I'll, I'll wear that to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Number 11, have an incredible knowledge of local geography. For me, this is an absolute no. I have a worse sense of direction. <laughs> I think what they're saying is you know all the streets, so you know how to get back to your house. It's probably, again, more of a roadrunner kind of a deal. Right. Now, the only way I could probably translate this is I do know where all the local trails are. And for us That's in true. Dallas, it's not very many. And we actually have an app that tells us, because we in Dallas and Texas, we share a lot of the trails with the mountain bikers. So there's an app that tells us what trails are open when, the distance from where you are. So I let the app do the work. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable about what trails are open and when and stuff. That's a good point. We do know where all the trails are. Yeah. So that's a yes. Yep. Number 12, go on runs with friends instead of grabbing coffee. That's an oxymoron. We do both. We do both. Yeah. Right. That's dumb. I know. Do, do both of them. I mean, how many times have you and I gone for a run and go, 
hey, let's go get coffee. And then we spent like another hour just talking, you know, exactly. have coffee. Yeah. It's a both. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Done right. and done. I think we need to send some editorial enhancements to Runner's World on some of this stuff. Yeah, I've got my red pen out. I'm marking a sucker up. I'm going to be the editor of editors on this. <laughs> I can't spell, but I'm going to send some notes in. <laughs> Lucky number 13, have intense feelings about sole thickness of shoes. Soul being S-O-L-E. Oh, not singularity. Right. Okay. Like, so basically the Hoka big thick souls or the thinner like innovates of the world. Yeah. I mean, I have, a, I don't, I wouldn't say I have an intense feelings. I have opinions. Yeah. I don't think this is one of the topics I, if I'm going to debate something. I mean, I got the shoes I like. I'm going to say a no on this one. I think this has always been our position, Stephen. Go try shoes on. Yep. See which ones you like. There's all kinds, Mm -hmm. different shapes and sizes. We did our shoe bracket back in March. Right. Our favorites were our Hoka's. Yep. Some people love Brooks. Some people love Ultras. You know, just find something that fits you. I don't have a big like opinion either way. Yeah. And I think we try to support local running stores as much as possible. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't think I have intense feelings. And Jeff, you've always made the point too that, you know, your running shoe is kind of personal to you. So why would I say like, Jeff, no, you got to wear Sockinies because, you know, because they're most amazing. I mean, if they don't fit your foot, they don't fit your foot. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Again, I'm having a hard time with this list. Well, you know what? We're, we're doing them a favor. Right. Number 14, go on a run when you need energy. I kind of do this. I would say, I think you do this yeah. more, more than I do. Yeah. If I, I do it for two reasons. If I've had a long day or if I need energy, it does very rarely drain me unless it's like a really, really long one. So yeah, I definitely do that. I don't know that I do it that much. I think I do it just because I enjoy it. I don't think I do it because I need energy. If I need some energy, I take a nap. <laughs> That's true. And then I feel energetic. Yeah, I'm kind of hyper. I, I fully admit that. So Timmy Time makes fun of me for doing that. So yeah, I, I can I can relate to that one. Number 15, spend time developing bathroom slash coffee strategies. I wonder why those are put together. <laughs> Okay, coffee strategies for sure. I mean, we're always talking about where we're going to get coffee, and we like to try new places. Bathroom strategies. I absolutely do that. Well, I guess for, for races. Race, yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, when when do I go? What do I eat? When do I do I go now at the hotel before we go to the race? Do I use the beacon of light at the race before? You know, there's all definitely the all that. A lot of strategy. Yeah, it's true. You and you've gotten more planned about that in the recent it's years. Because my body's changed. <laughs> it's it's decided to get lighter before a race, whereas before it would stop up. Yeah. It's really bizarre. For me, it's all about the timing. Like I definitely know I'm gonna do a, a beacon visit. So that's already in the books when I get there, no matter what. It's just a more of like, can I wait to the <laughs> Surprisingly, Jeff, the last minute. The last minute, Stephen. Right. To go visit the beacon, have a little beacon time, a little one on one. Uh, Air, Airbnb can and then uh, see, see who's going to happen. Uh, number 16, become keenly aware of hills. Do you think that's true? We become keenly aware of hills. Only if there's a trail that we run a lot. You kind of know where the hills are, but I don't think otherwise. Yeah, it's not like we whip out a topo map before every race and no. go, oh, at point whatever five miles, we're going to go up 14 feet or whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should, but we don't. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of like the surprise of it. It's like, like you said, there's certain races we've done multiple times or some of our home courses. Like, okay, we know that hill's coming up, but. Like the squircle, I know exactly where the hills are. Right. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I totally agree. So I don't know. Take it or leave it. I, don't yeah, know. I think that's a no for yeah. me. All right. Number 17. This is a t- absolutely true for me. Half your wardrobe is race shirts. 
You throw yours away. You're very picky in your material. I am. You don't throw them away. You you gift them away. Yeah. I either give them away or I keep them in the car in my bag in the back. So that way, if I'm ever running and need another shirt or if we're going to go out for coffee, I'll put one on. But I usually don't, I I usually don't wear mine out or around. Boy, I do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, I went through my drawers the other day and yeah, it was amazing how many race shirts I've gathered up. Yeah. 18, don't have toenails. Done and done. I've only lost one ever. I, I got two going on right now. So really? yeah, I'm there. Number 19, swap injury stories. I don't do this. Now we did have Scott on the podcast swapping injury stories with us. Yeah, but he's more about recovery. I feel yeah. like this is the like the old guy who's like talking about the the one time he fell and now he can tell the weather because his kneecap is oh, to the left yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like the more more the wives' tale. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, that's how I read that that one. I mean, we always talk about when we fall and stuff, but that's just to make fun of each that's other. A, that's a tale of the trail. Yeah, exactly. That that's becomes legendary. That's a badge of courage. That's right. Number twenty: spend way too much time foam rolling. <laughs> I don't spend near enough time foam. I love foam rolling. I don't spend enough time. I have a foam roller. It's in my home office. Uh oh. I see it all the time and I never use it. Yeah. You gotta use it, Steven. It's awesome. I know. I just I, I don't I don't know when to use it. I I mean I just I probably just need to make a habit. Well mine is in the same room with my Peloton, so whenever I do a Peloton and then stretch afterwards I, I roll out. But yeah. that's see I need to do it more. Yeah, the only rolling I do is out of bed. <laughs> so. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Twenty one, check Strava more than Facebook. Well, for me, that's an easy yes because I'm not on Facebook. You're not on Facebook. (laughs) I'm on Facebook some. I would say, though, I care much more about Strava than Facebook. Yeah, it's it's more my flow, I think. 22, run virtual races. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like virtual races. Sorry, that was not a sound effect. That was was (laughs) my opinion. That was Steven. (laughs) Sorry. That was not a beacon of light issue. That was more of like, no, thank you. I, I, You know, here's the thing. I know people do virtual races, Jeff, but like you and I was talking about, it's the, about the community. I can go run a 10K. I don't need a, a medal for that. I, I mean, I have run them for like if it's for a charity that I like because it's more just a fundraising thing. But just to go do it, I, I'm not a big fan of virtual races. I wonder with covid because they were a little bit popular during covid just because you couldn't run with groups right i wonder if that will carry over or people like i think it'll go the opposite way yeah where people are like i don't want to do virtual races i want to do real races exactly i think so too i think you're right on that 23 propose at race finish lines clearly neither of us did that (laughs) no (laughs) yeah i think if i did that to my wife (laughs) <laughs> I would not be married. You wouldn't be married right, right now. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Let me just clarify. If somebody has done that, good for you. And that's awesome. Yeah. I, I have I have not done that. Here's my take on this, Stephen. <laughs> when you get married or propose you know, to someone to get married, it should be special. Right. So it should be a special place. If you're both runners and the finish line is a special place, that's awesome. Right. Do it there. That's great. But if you're a runner and you're... <laughs> What you hope to be your fiance is not doing it at a finish line to me seems a little bit selfish. Yeah, I, I would say if the guy is doing the asking, to your point, it has to be special to her. Right. And for my wife, that would be nowhere <laughs> near special because she's not a runner. Yeah, so. Same with mine. Yeah. Number 24, enjoy being uncomfortable. 
Okay, I have a love-hate relationship with this statement because I don't enjoy being uncomfortable, but I appreciate and value it. It's exactly how I feel. Yeah. You embrace it. Yeah. It's not like you like it. Right. But you embrace it. It's part of the journey. Yeah. I don't know if that's weird, but yeah, I get what they're saying. It's the pain cave. (laughs) I still think of the Marcy Baser video where she starts running and says, 10 seconds in, I'm bitter to get the pain cave. The struggle bus is pulling up right now. (laughs) Okay. Number 25, make playlist with the same tempo. No, because I don't listen to music when I run. And no, I don't run that fast. That's true. I, You know what? I think I don't listen. To, I actually listen to podcasts now. Right. When I run because I've been so much heart rate training. You've been doing a really good job of that. Thank you. But when I do songs, it's not tempo that I match. It's more just upbeat. Right. I just want stuff that's upbeat. Right. That's all I think about. So that leads us to number 26, <laughs> download long audiobooks. If you replaced podcasts, that's true for me. Right. I think I would need headphones in order to listen to audiobooks. So I do listen to podcasts. I love them. I listen to audiobooks quite a bit as well, but I not not why I run. Number 27, Stephen. Uh, we're getting close. All right, here ends. we go. We're getting close. 27 is get running themed tattoos. Oh, you remember when I, when I did that big cheese 10K and I got that put it on the side of my left thigh? It looks awesome. A big piece of Swiss cheese on there. I love that tattoo. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I don't have a slice of Linderberg cheese on my thigh or anything. I have nothing against tattoos, but I don't know that if I were going to get one that I would do it around running. Yeah, this is a person kind of like the shoes. This is a personal thing, right? If you like, I actually have one. You have a cool tattoo. I have a tattoo. Of the two of us, I'm the only one with a tattoo. That's true. It's a personal thing, right? And if you want to get a running tattoo, that's great. Yeah, not against it. More power to you. Absolutely. Maybe okay. if, maybe if I get like an FK T or something like that, then maybe I'll put the course map on my back. Like yeah, the topo map. You know, what I have wanted to get one because I've got my tattoos on my inner right arm. Right. The huge bicep. Well, it's hard so to, it's hard to, to work re- with. It's right. So I'm surprised the needle, like they probably had to use a several of them because it was, they're probably <laughs> dulling them so much. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but on the other arm, I've thought about getting the Crested Butte mountain skyline. Oh, that's a that cool one. idea. So it's kind of running related because you could run up the mountains. And when you, really. and when you flex, it would automatically show the it's peaks. Like Pike's peak. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 14, 14 14er right there. On, 14er. On, on the bicep. Okay, number 28, buy too many water bottles. This is a weird one to me. Too many water bottles? Yeah, I have a hard time bringing water on my runs, period. So not a problem. Me neither. Yeah. Somehow I've ended up with 100 Yetis. You, know, you get them at trade shows <laughs> yeah. and different things, and uh-huh. people give them as gifts. So I've got a bunch of Yetis, but I don't think that's what they're talking about. Yeah. I only have really one water bottle that's handheld, and then I've got my vest, but that's really it. Yeah, I'm with you. I've actually tried the Yetis, but they don't fit in my cup holders. What? Yeah. I must that's be r- buying the wrong ones. That's ridiculous. I know. We're almost there, Stephen. Number 29, run an extra lap to hit Garmin mileage. That is not crazy or weird. That's That's smart. It's smart. It's topping off. It's (laughs) making things even. That's not even weird. I mean, that's just normal. Smart. It's very smart. smart. And it helps with the Strava thing, too, because then it just shows evenness. Yeah, it's it's all in alignment. Yeah. Number 30. This is the last one, Stephen. Hide your belongings in a bush while on a run. That's just sensible common sense. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, if you want to shed a jacket, you hide it in a bush. That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, that's what bushes are there for. That's right. <laughs> They're screens and for other activities. And uh, that's not weird. So that's 30 weird things runners do. I think, Stephen, we've agreed with some of them. Right. We've disagreed with others and... Some of them are just flat wrong. Yeah. Well, we'd like to hear from you guys. If there's something that did not make the top 30, that's maybe something weird that you've done, DM us and we'll aggregate our own little list and put it on social media. Maybe there's something out there that maybe Runner's World forgot to put out there. That sounds good. Stephen, with that, that is news you can use. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 46. We had a bit of a Father's Day theme. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And I want to say, too, just thank you so much to Darren for doing the open and for Jeb for doing that amazing Y run. Yeah, it's really special. We really appreciate that. And again, that's really why we love doing this podcast of all the different listeners out there. One of the goals is that, you know, the podcast is kind of like for the people, by the people, about the community. And it's really neat to see that. So thank you guys so much. Well, Stephen, it's never too late to give a Father's Day gift, even after Father's Day. Yeah. One of our close friends from the show ordered her husband, I won't name any names, I don't want to give it away, but ordered her husband some Path Projects gear. Yeah. Or you can be like me and order it yourself and put it underneath your own, That's right. your own Father's Day gift. Exactly. It's yeah. awesome. It works for everybody. And the Vander Vest, if you've not seen those, perfect Father's Day gift as well. Yeah, they're very cool. Well, listen, we hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast. Really appreciate it. We started something new a couple weeks ago called Heavy Metal Monday. And basically, we want to just give a shout out to the people that have maybe completed a race that weekend. So if you or maybe somebody that you know or a friend did a really good job and finished a race, send us a direct message on Instagram. Let us know about that maybe Sunday night. And maybe we'll feature them on Heavy Metal Monday. I love that, Steve. Heavy Metal Monday. Let's rock on. That's right. It's, uh, it rocks. <laughs> That's right. We have some rock stars out there. So with that in mind, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode number 46. Until get out there, run those trails. And keep running your asses off. Hey, this is Darren from Western Australia. A state so big, it's... Uh. Hey, this is Darren from Western Australia. So big, it's four times bigger than... Oh my God, it's gone all wrong. Uh, here are your hosts, the ever-dependable... Oh, crap. Here are your hosts, the ever-dependable... And something, something, something. Another one of my favorite movies, Stephen, is what, is... what is the name of that movie? Anybody want a peanut? Oh, a Princess Bride. I don't even know how to say your name. <laughs> um, Hermione. I hear Hermione is a great... <laughs> Hermione? Her what? <laughs> Hermione. This is a PG show, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we need to send some some editorial enhancements to, to Trail Runners. Or, 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 I think we need to... Sp- <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to send. Just, sorry, Steve. Gosh, it's never too late to give a father's gift, even after Father's Day. That's true. Do like our friend. She ordered her husband. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> some Path Project stuff for Father's Day. Whoa. Yeah. What if he is listening? Oh. Well. Uh, 
Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I should cut that part out. <laughs> well, anyway, congratulations on your new path project gift, Mr. Mr. <laughs> I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will reach the top alive.